Maestro. Yeah. Sun is down, freezing cold. That's how we already know. When it's here, my dog will probably do it for Louis Bell. That's just all he know, he don't know nothing else. I tried to show him. Yeah. I tried to show him. Yeah. 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 Gone on you with the pick and roll. Younger flame, he in sickle mode. And welcome to another edition of the Deliberation Sports Podcast. Uh, we thank y'all for listening, as we always uh, tell y'all, man. And uh, definitely look forward to this episode we got for y'all today. Going to talk some NBA today, NBA and Memphis Grizzlies and all sorts of things, man. So y'all definitely stay tuned, stay locked with the Deliberation Sports Podcast crew uh, for today. With me right now, I uh, got my man Justice Bolden on the line, as well as Evan DeVode, uh, co-host of the Liberation Sports Podcast with myself, man. And I'm going to jump into some NBA here real quick. I'm going to remind you guys real quick to follow the show on social media. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at DeliberationSP1 and on IG. Uh, Justice, what's the IG? IG is Deliberation Sports, and also we've got the Facebook page, Deliberation Sports Podcast. Yes, sir, definitely, man. Lots of great stuff on there. Check out uh, the great, the resurgence, uh, what we're calling the man Memphis Tiger basketball, uh, the trailer. I guess you could almost call it the unofficial trailer for the season, um, you know, coming up, man, if, uh, done by uh, Justice Bolden. So y'all check that out on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I'm not sure if it's on IG yet or not, but y'all check it out. Yeah, yeah I there. think it's on IG. I mean, the, it's supposed to just be a trailer, but the fans want more. So we That's shall it. see. <laughs> we shall see. More coming soon. Uh, YouTube potentially as well. So just stay tuned, man. All things deliberation out here in these streets, man. But without further ado, um, big things popping, man, when it comes to the NBA um, season already a few weeks old. And there's storylines left and right everywhere you know you got players fighting you got players wives fighting you got you know the wizards you got dwight howard's butt hurt you know what i'm saying you got all sorts of stuff going on in the league uh so <laughs> keeping them out of games i don't know where to start man um i'm gonna I'm a kick it to evan because you never know what what he what he's thinking man what where do you want to start with just nba storylines what's what's caught your eye um what's caught my eye is right now um Teams really haven't found their footing. Yeah, uh, yeah. you got a lot of teams, and I, I think it kind of has something to do with the shortage of the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys are so used to getting those eight games. I think they cut them to like cut them by two or three games this year. Mm-hmm. So really, the first week or two uh, into the NBA season this year uh, really will be the end of preseason in any other year. Yeah. So. Guys really haven't found their footing. You see a lot of our uh, star basketball players who we used to see and put up big numbers. Uh, their field goal percentages are down. Uh, defense is usually not being played in the NBA anyway, but, I mean, heck, I looked at a Milwaukee Bucks score today, man. They put up 144 points. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of a lot of coaches who usually use those eight games uh, in preseason, you only get a week or two in training camp anyway. 
they really haven't had the opportunity to implement their systems. I was a fan of the eight game preseason, um, but the shortage of it just makes it uh, makes makes the basketball pretty ugly starting off. So I mean, you even see teams like Houston; they're finding their footing right now, but they started off pretty slow and they added a couple pieces in. So right now, uh, what I've noticed so far early in the season is the shortage of preseason games, man, has has made a slow start for a lot of teams. We thought that'll be uh, at the top of the NBA this year. That's a great point, really, and I hadn't even thought about that. But you know, I was thinking originally, like, man, these teams are really starting off slow. A lot of sloppy basketball going on, and that's. I guess why it's a bigger adjustment than we thought it would be. Because like you said, man, I was a huge fan of, you know, cutting the preseason down. I I think I still am, but you kind of see the consequence of some of that um, right now. But uh, Justice, uh, what what you you think? Well, Evan touched on Houston and uh, who would expect through the first three weeks of the season, they'd be three and five and uh, currently number 13 in in the, the West. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest, right on top of them is the uh, the Pelicans and the Lakers. Now the mm-hmm. Grizzlies find themselves currently five and two right now. They're playing against Phoenix, and they're fourth in the West, right behind San Antonio. And probably my surprise team of the season uh, so far is Denver at eight and one, second in the uh, mm-hmm. West. We talked about them uh, in the past. Uh, the combination of Jamal Murray and uh, Gary Harris in the backcourt along with Nikola Jokic, who I think may be the best center in the game. He's right there amongst the best. I think he has 15, 16 assists in the game over the weekend. That team looks really good. But the the scoring is up right now. When you look at the Warriors and the the Lakers, both teams are averaging over 120 a game. Uh, Golden State's at 124. But then the Kings, Sacramento Kings, 119. Milwaukee Bucks, 119. The Pelicans, 119. I I can't remember a year where you had 10 – 10-plus teams scoring over 110 points a game. So it just lets you know defense is, is not necessarily a priority, but more so than anything, I think it's the rules. The NBA has caused more hand checks. They want to allow freedom of movement. And what we're mm-hmm. seeing now is is teams like the Kings putting up 145 points. Yeah, that's a good point, man. The Kings are a story in themselves. Uh, by the way, the way they've started off, um, De'Aaron Fox looking like a, a big-time pick for them. Um you know, looking like a superstar out there with the triple-double I saw he had. The other day, the Kings look really, really good. You know, Dave Yeager uh, and that, that young core kind of coming together, surprises of teams, at least in the early going. Uh, but, you know, we talked about the Nuggets, man. You brought up the Nuggets, and I know this is a conversation we had previously, um, you know, not on, on, on deliberation. Um, but, you know, I'm looking here. And I think they won four in a row, looking at Jokic, all across their, their stat line with rebounds, assists, and steals. How seriously should we take the Nuggets? Eight and one right now. They are not playing around uh, with the league. Matter of fact, I believe they beat the Warriors uh, in the game this season, and they look pretty good uh, in a division that's really going to be uh, something to watch. I mean, you got in that division just in the West alone with Denver, uh, Portland, Minnesota. Utah, uh, you know, going to be very entertaining to see how that goes uh, as the season goes along. But uh, what, what, what you thinking, Evan? Well, I, I, Justice, I, I know you like Nokovic, uh, if I'm pronouncing his name right. He's a stud, uh, but I'm not putting him in front of NB to call Anthony Towns, man. I'm, I'm not doing it yet. Uh, I know you say you think he's the best center, but 
I mean, Embiid is a beast. I mean that he's putting up MVP caliber numbers now. If you look at him, um, he, he's having a, a great year, and I'm not ready to put him in front of Embiid or Towns yet. But the Nuggets, man, I'm, I had them getting into the playoffs this year. They did beat the Warriors, but all their other wins, uh, they've had a soft schedule to start off the season. Uh, they beat the Kings. They beat the well. They lost to the Lakers. Uh, the Pelicans have started off struggling. Uh, they beat the Bulls, the Cavs, uh, the Jazz. So, and the Jazz lost to the Grizzlies twice. That team has started off struggling this year. So, a lot of their wins have came on on bottom feeders of the NBA, um, except the Warriors. They haven't had a uh, three or four game tough road uh, West Coast trip. Uh, I would like to see that when they come into their tougher side of the schedule. So, I mean. I'm not sold on them yet just because they haven't really played any really good teams outside of the two-point win against Golden State, which was a really good win. But uh, even the game before them, they beat Phoenix. I mean, they, they really haven't played anybody, the Clippers. Uh, th- this is not a team who's had any real competition. So I think they're a really good team. Of course, they're a playoff team this year, as we said in our uh, broadcast and talking about the NBA season a couple weeks ago. But I'm not sold to put them as, let's say, NBA Finals contenders. Uh, I think they're probably a second-round team this year. I think once Houston get their footing, um, Golden State, they're in stride already. Uh, I, I don't see this team uh, coming out the West or even making the Western Conference Finals this year. Uh, ironically, Josh, I, I've actually got more faith in, in Denver this year than Houston. I don't know what it is about Houston defensively. Uh, losing mm-hmm. uh, Trevor Reza and uh, Luke Richard Umba Mute. I just think they're going to take a step back this season. We've seen it already. Uh, Chris yeah. Paul, if he's not healthy and, and if James Harden is not out there, with, if those two guys are on the, on the floor together, Houston's just not a good team. And I, I think they're taking a step back. But with Denver, I think the thing we got to look at is their bench. Malik Beasley, mm-hmm. who's in, I believe, his second or third year out of uh, Florida State, he's getting double figures. Mason Plumlee's getting double figures, as well as Trey Lyles. And then they got uh, Hernan Gomez, who's um, – he was playing with the Knicks a couple years ago. He's been playing well. So when you throw that in with – we forget about Paul Millsap, who was a former All-Star in Atlanta. He's probably the glue to that team. And uh, certainly it's going to be difficult for them to con- compete for the NBA uh, or even the West Western Conference Finals because you got the Golden State Warriors and they're such a jug- juggernaut. But I do mm-hmm. think that two seed in the West is up for grabs because I don't expect for it to be the Houston Rockets. Hey, hey, Justice, let me say this. I'm glad you said that because I was looking at Denver's schedule uh, earlier just doing a little prep work before the show. Their next five games, uh, tomorrow they got Boston. Uh, they come to Memphis, a team that's playing really well right now. They get an easy one uh, against uh, Brooklyn. But after that, the next two games are against the Bucks and the Rockets. I think this next five-game stretch, which is against better competition minus the Nets, uh, can kind of just, you know, show us a little bit more. I, I know this is a good team, but I'm always weary of teams who have a, a soft schedule to start out. Uh, I'll probably be a little bit more sold on them if they go 4-1 and during that stretch. Uh, I, I'll probably be a little more sold on. But well, uh, let's, not, that's, let's not forget how hard it is to win in Denver and Utah, even though this season we've seen teams going to Utah and beat them, which is mm-hmm. probably an anomaly. But that, that altitude in Denver is no joke. Uh, I won't be surprised if, if the Nuggets don't take out the Celtics tomorrow. You know okay. what? I'm going to say this. Looking at the last thing I saw on the Nuggets, man, um, Monte Morris is a guy I like also. And I know he's, you know, I think the backup point guard, but 
they don't, they have these guys that you just don't hear about. Like you say, Juan Hernan Gomez. Unless you really watch the league a lot, you have no clue who these guys are. You know, Trey Lyles, Malik Beasley, uh, Monte Morris is coming in, like I said, being a pretty good young backup point guard for them. Um, you know, even even some of their top players, Gary Harris, you know, Jamal Murray, most casual fans don't know who they are. But well, what, what about them, uh, what about San Antonio? We hadn't talked about the Spurs. I mean, what, what about them? They're yeah. two right now, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, uh, Pau Gasol still on that team. Uh, what do you guys think about San Antonio? Ah, no, that's a good one. Um, man, the Spurs just don't go away. It's it's crazy. Uh, it's still dominating. Uh, I can't say dominant, but it still look like a really good team. They're leading the um, the Southwest Division. The Grizz and the Spurs seem to be uh, some mainstays right now. And ironically, in a team with you got Houston uh, at the bottom of the barrel, I don't know how long that's going to last. I think the top three is still going to be Memphis. It's going to be San Antonio, Memphis, Houston in some order. But it's I'm impressed with um, seeing, uh, you know, DeMar DeRozan-led San Antonio Spurs. Um, Evan, what you think? I'm going to make it short and sweet. Yeah, they look good right now. But any franchise that's led by DeMar DeRozan will not do well in postseason. Mm. I don't care what coach system it is. At the end of the day, I mean, you see when Pakovich didn't have his his Hall of Famers in last year, they lost in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see when Phil Jackson didn't have all his Hall of Famers on his teams. Some he, he didn't make the playoffs one year in L.A. The other years, he, he lost in the first round. Uh, coaches have great systems, mm-hmm. but you still got to have players who show up in the spotlight. And DeMar DeRozan, until he proved me wrong, he's shown time and time again, he doesn't have that clutch gene in his vein. So – I think that team will really fall and plummet uh, as the season goes on, especially after the All-Star break. Mm, man, and I'm looking at their schedule, too. You want to talk about, you know, not necessarily playing the best. Just looking at the last few wins. Pelicans, Suns, Mavericks, Lakers are their last four wins. That's um, not impressive. And that's yeah. going to change quick. Yeah. You know, then got, kind of got beat down by the Pacers. It was a team that's looking pretty good. Uh, as well, saw Oladipo coming up clutch the other day uh, with a big time uh, three for them. How big, um, you know, it's going through some different teams. There. How big do you think the Pacers can be in the East? Because everybody's looking at, you know, Milwaukee, who I'm sure we're talking about in Boston, teams like that. How big of a threat can Oladipo, Tyreek Evans, um, Collison, guys like that, can they can they be a threat in the, in the Eastern Conference? Uh, Justice, you want to grab that first? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, Indiana probably, if, if you were looking at teams in the East, they're right at the top of the of the Eastern Conference right now. And I don't know if you can call them a surprise, but when you got Tyreek Evans coming off your bench, a guy who's who's averaged over twenty points a game in this league, five assists, five rebounds, uh, mm-hmm. been a former Rookie of the Year. I also like the addition of uh, Aaron Holiday, who's coming off the bench. But Oladipo yeah. is a flat foot star. He is a mm-hmm. star. He's not a superstar, but he's he's pretty close because he he's a franchise guy. And when you throw in Demontis Sabonis and also Miles Turner, uh, both guys six eleven who can play the four and the five, Thaddeus Young's on that team, uh, Memphis native. That that team is really good. And with with Oladipo, you got a guy who can go get a shot at the end of the shot clock. And they're dangerous. They're dangerous. Can they beat Milwaukee? Or uh, Toronto in, in a playoff series, uh, that remains to be seen. But 
this is a team that was knocking at the door last year in, in a game mm-hmm. seven against Cleveland. So I won't put it past them. So you're putting them right there with the Celtics or about? Oh, I, I think they're right there with the Celtics. I'll be interested to okay. see the next time they play. Uh, but I, I think with Oladipo, you got a guy who could go get buckets and you got Tyreek Evans, he can go get buckets. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with Justice. Indiana was a team that I had picked to uh, – get to the Easter Conference Finals. Um, mm-hmm. I like that team a lot. Uh, they got some young studs, man. And that is young. Uh, it's funny to, to talk to him about it. He's the only vet on that team. He's the, he's the vet on that team. Uh, mm-hmm. and they they really listen to him, and, and he's really guiding those young guys, man. And, and they're buying in. Uh, Nate McMillan, I've always been a fan of Nate McMillan, uh, even – it back in the day, man, when he was coaching uh, the Portland Trailblazers, and it seemed like he, he couldn't catch a break. Uh, Brandon Roy just kept getting hurt, getting hurt, and he just mm-hmm. found a way to keep getting those guys in the playoffs out there, man. That team is a really good team. Uh, I know Milwaukee, Philly, and uh, Boston are going to have something to say about it, but that Indiana team, man, Oladipo, he can lead you. Okay. I mean – that that guy, I mean, that was just a dagger against Boston last night, and and it really give you confidence boost because Boston is a team that you're going to have to go through to get to the promised land out the East. Yep. So I mean, those guys aren't afraid of anybody in the East. I mean, head and shoulders, just completely better. I'm not sure if there's anybody in the East who's just totally better than them. Seriously, yeah, yeah. I, I got I got a team for you that's better than them, the Toronto Raptors. Give me why. Number one, uh, in Kawhi Leonard, I think you have the East's best player. He's a guy who can go out and command a double team. He can post up. He can shoot the three. Um, him and Giannis. Between him and Giannis. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think when you look at them, Kyle Lowry, of course, if he's your second or third best player, then you're probably a pretty good team. If he's your first guy, then you're not. Also, the additions of Danny Green and uh, this Siakam guy. I don't know where he came from. Pascal Siakam. <laughs> he's starting at the power forward. Uh, he's put up some stat lines, 15 points, 15 rebounds, and some big games. And so Jonas Valanciunas is now at the center, and they're bringing Ibaka off the bench. Serge Ibaka is a, is a starting caliber uh, stretch big man. And so I think that team, when you when you look at them, you also add in C.J. Miles is on that team along with Norman Powell. Toronto is a real threat in the East, too, and I think they, they're capable of getting to the finals. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I just want to understand, Justice. I I, I, I just want to understand. <laughs> Minus Kawhi Leonard, you're telling me. And this this a Pacers team who to win against LeBron James many a times and win that. Okay. So minus Kawhi Leonard, you're telling me that the Raptors are head and shoulders better than the Pacers because of Kyle Lowry, who freezes in the playoffs every year. You can book it. It's two things, three things you can bet on: death taxes and Kyle Lowry freezing in the playoffs. <laughs> because of him, CJ Mile, Valachunas, they're better than them because of those guys. The Siakam guys is, is an underrated uh, power forward. Just pay attention. Just pay attention to the Toronto I, I, team. I, 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 get it, bro. I think the thing is, we, I don't think you can say without uh, Kawhi Leonard because he's going to be playing. That, that's like no, saying, no, no, hey, I, without. Without uh Tatum, I'm saying minus him because he, he he's a legit player. That, that that's no, why I'm excluding. If you take him, if you take him away from Toronto, then no, they're they're not a great team. But with, uh, with him, 
Toronto becomes that much that much better. Kawhi Leonard commands a double team. So you're saying it's almost let, let me let me just you almost saying it's like a LeBron effect uh, to a certain extent. Well, he's uh, he's a two way guy. We we yeah. know that he can guard the best player on one end, and then on the other end, here's a guy he can post up. He he's almost like a Kobe at this stage. I I wouldn't even say a LeBron. I'd say more like a Kobe, where mm-hmm. he he's pulling up in guys' face, shooting threes, posting up, drawing double team, getting to the rim. Oh yeah, uh, look, you can he, see he does it quietly, but yeah. Uh, I, I like Kawhi Leonard. I like Kawhi can, Leonard. It's going to be tough. You can see. It's going to be tough. Yeah. That, that top four in the East, it's arguable that they're better than the top four in the West. You can see Mamba all over his game. You can tell he's been working with him. I mean, everything from the fadeaway to the post moves, footwork, everything else. So, Evan, you're not a believer? You're not a believer in Toronto? No. I, I think we got it mixed up on what I was saying. I was saying minus Kawhi Leonard because he is the best player on their team. The rest of those guys don't get it for me. Is what I was getting to. I wasn't yes, saying take Okay. Yeah, no, Boston's yeah. got a better uh, supporting cast, no doubt. Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, uh, Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, Gordon Haywood. Damn. Uh, Jason Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. My <laughs> hey. I mean, I, I'll put it to you like this, Justin. What I was oh, getting to is there's no team in the East, when I say head and shoulders, who you could just say, if they play the Pacers, I'll book that, sign it up. They're going to kill them. They're going to kill them every game, four games out of seven. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and on paper, you probably would say Boston, but as we saw uh, in the last game against uh, Indiana, Oladipo was the star of stars in that match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and to Evan's point, man, Indiana has guys up and down that roster. Corey, Joseph Collison, Tyreek, Miles Turner, if he's Plays like he can. I still don't think he's even playing up to his real potential right now. Uh, to be perfectly honest, no, he, he's got to get serious. I, I, I yeah. think he's, he's almost like a big practical joker. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's a good way to put it, man. And I can't wait. I'm gonna tell you though, the East playoffs are gonna be lit. You know, these matchups are gonna be outstanding uh, when when playoff time comes around. No question. Uh, but let me ask y'all this now: This is a team that hasn't been brought up. Everybody talks about them heading into the season. But nobody's really talking about them. The 76ers. Are you talking about Ben Simmons, you know, chasing after one of the uh, the Kardashians, you know, and uh, <laughs> allegedly, you know, begging to get back with her. That's another story. And then you got MB out here just just all up in folks' heads, including Andre Drummond. Seems like he's got a target on his, on his forehead right now. But other than that, you know, um, should they be in the discussion or not really? To me, I'd say not really. But um, Evan, I know you your boy Embiid over there. Man, that man averaging 30 points and 12 rebounds, man. Man. I mean, <laughs> that's the best center in the NBA, man. That guy <laughs> is a beast. But, um, no, nah, that but, can't. But you know what? What, what? what he's doing is not impacting winning. He goes out and gets 39 and 17, uh, and they lose, they lose at home. In, in fact, this team is zero and five on the road. What, what's yeah. going on with, with the Philly right now? Can I kind of kind of tell you what? Okay, it ain't got nothing to do with Joel Embiid, and it, it, and it doesn't got anything to do with basketball. These guys got to get their personal lives together, mm. and it's impacting them on the court. Uh, 
I'm going to tell you like my, my granddaddy used to always tell me, wherever there's smoke, there's fire. Mm-hmm. And Simmons is averaging 13 points a game this year. You can't you can't afford to keep that out of him. You can't. He's got to get that up to 20 points a game. It's a reason why Joel is averaging that much, because he's having to right now. Mm-hmm. These guys just got beat by over by 20 plus against Brooklyn Nets today. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, one one of the bigger issues could be the fact that the front office is forcing Markel Fultz into the starting lineup. If you remember last yeah, year, JJ Reddick was starting. Yeah. It's it's crazy. You hit my next point. Justice, I think that's going to be temporary. Um, I think they're really trying to get a young brother a shot. Uh, he's not panning out to me right now. Uh, he's averaging about nine or ten points a game. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I called myself running down earlier. Uh, but he, he's just not looking good to me right now, man. Uh, I think J.J. needs to come off that bench. I mean, uh, come off that bench and come into the starting lineup and move Markel Foles to the bench because what you're getting out of him, it's hurting you more than it's helping you. And when you think about the 76ers, that draft, uh, when they failed to take Jason Tatum and instead decided to trade uh, that pick and uh, along with a draft pick for, for the rights to uh, folks, it's going to really haunt them because Boston now has a pick in, in this coming draft that was owed to Philly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm looking at folks now, right? Last game uh, against the the Brooklyn Nets, who destroyed them. You know, you're talking about nine points, zero assists. You know, three of eight from the field. That's basically who Fultz is right now, man. He's just a, you know, he, he's not who they need him to be, and that's a, a point guard or something. You know, I, I think they just need to go back to to Ben Simmons uh, being that point guard. Just just doesn't Sorry. make a lot of sense. And I, I'm gonna tell you this too, and I'm curious what you think because I know Evan's gonna make a point too, but. I always felt like Ben Simmons is overrated. As much as people want to say, oh, next LeBron, this, that. He's very skilled passer, vision, strength going to the rim, all that stuff. But he still can't shoot free throws. He still can't shoot past 10, 12 feet. That can't be a franchise guy. He's just not. He's a good player. But I don't think he'll ever be more than a 19, 20-point guy. That's just me. Ben Simmons has got to work on his shot. He can't shoot free throws. He, I don't think he's even taken a three the entire season. Yeah. He, he's, he's shooting 50% from the field. We know those are mostly layups and, and dunks. Mm-hmm. Everything else he does well. He rebounds the ball well. He's, he's close to 10 boards a game, almost yeah. eight and a half, almost eight assists and, and nearly two steals. He had 20 points and 12 rebounds against Brooklyn, but they lost by 25. Exactly. So I, I think, you know, Robert Covington has been a guy that they've been able to count on for the last few years. He only mm-hmm. scored four points and five points. In fact, in, in the last two games, he's only averaging a four and a half point. So something is going on in that Philadelphia locker room. I, I think it does have something to do with Markel Fultz being in the lineup. J.J. Reddick, mm-hmm. who started, I want to say, not, probably most of the games last season. He's not in that lineup. So Philly, mark them under uh, most disappointing. Definitely, definitely. Um, what, what you got, Evan? Um, my most disappointing team is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Uh, I gotta go to Wizards, man. Um, mm. they're one and seven. Um, well, they're two and seven now. I think uh, before we hopped on, I want to say they won. Uh, one of you guys could probably look that up for me if you can. Uh, they was up by ten with like three minutes left on the Knicks, so I I want to give them that win that would have put them to two and seven, but. 
this is a team that's been in the playoffs basically every year um, for the last six or seven years, and, and they, they just don't look good right now. Um, yeah, they finally got a win. The they finally got a win. 108-95 over the, the hapless Nick. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's my disappointing team. Um, Justice, as he hinted earlier, the Rockets, uh, three and five. Uh, they won two in a row, but it was against the Bulls and the Nets. Um, it's not too good. But I can tell you this, and y'all going to disagree with me, but I'm going to tell you this. Mm-hmm. If the Rockets want to get where they want to get this year, they're going to have to put Carmelo in their star lineup. Oh, they're going to have to. Oh. They're going to have to. They're going to have to do it. Okay, so. As a as a guy who, who used to be a diehard uh, Grizzly fan, uh, I, I would welcome that. <laughs> I mean, imagine, do you, do you remember during the preseason when Carmelo Anthony was trying to guard Jaron Jackson? I mean, I, he, I, he, was, I, he was straight barbecue chicken in the paint. Yes, yes. Justice, I, I really don't care about preseason. So what you're telling me is, what you're telling me is, a future Hall of Famer can't guard a rookie. Come on, man, you know how to. I, I, all go. I'm saying is, any team with Carmelo Anthony getting major minutes is going to be a bad team, and we, and that's what we're seeing right now. He's playing more than we thought he would, and Houston's bad. <laughs> well, the last couple of games he's played more because he's been productive. Yeah. Now, he did That's shoot why. well against the, uh, Brooklyn. I think he had 28 points. That was like his homecoming, and then they played Chicago. Yeah, he played good against the Bulls. So, I mean, he's, he's playing more minutes because he's being productive. Let me tell you this. Houston's offense is based on space and isolation. That fits Rice into Melo game. Like, Melo, you're telling me he can't hit the open three? When, he, when he's locked in, yes, he can. He can Mello make the open three, but, he, but he's not going to guard anybody. Who on Houston team does guard anybody? That's why this, that, they won't be going anywhere this year. I mean, that, that method worked last year. They went to the Western Conference Finals, and if Chris Paul would have been injured, they would have been in the Finals. But that was with three other defensive guys on the team. Meaning, I mean, uh, just they were still giving up over 100 points, man. I don't want it. Them other defensive guys y'all talking about weren't playing too much defense. I mean, they were still giving well over 100 points a game last year. Go look at the Golden State Warriors seven-game series and tell me how many games they did not put up 100 points. Like, that team, man, wasn't just locking guys down last year. Well, the, uh, their defensive rating was much better than than this year. Now, I know you're talking about the Warriors, so I don't know who's going to keep the Warriors down that, that much. At, at least I feel like, and this is just my opinion, I feel like they had a better chance against the Warriors with last year's team if Chris Paul didn't get hurt. Getting get doesn't get hurt. At least you have Embamute and, and Ariza. Even though they were still getting lit up, you have. I feel more comfortable with them than Y'all I do with Melo, man. Y'all and sleeping Mello on Melo and James Ennis. You know what I'm saying? You know. Y'all, y'all sleeping on Melo, man. Y'all letting all these analytical cats who's fashion, man, man, and and they never dribble the ball off their head. Y'all alone put it in the goal. Hey, man. One thing about it: if you're a ball player, you're a ball player. Now, now I, I think Melo still got game. I think he still got oh, yeah. value in the league. But if you start him, I think your team is going to be giving up a lot, especially if you put him at the four in today's NBA. Mm-hmm. I think he could play the four, though. I mean, he's a good enough rebounder uh, to play the four, but not on I'm going to finish his statement because I've been saying Melo yeah. giving most fours fits. Mm-hmm. 
He too quick off the bounce. He got he still got one of the most deadliest one dribble pull up with the quickness in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Period. And I know we off a little topic off of here, but we go on barbershop talk a little bit right now, man. <laughs> I feel like if they insert him in that star lineup and they share the ball the way they need to, that puts them as one of the even more prolific prolific offenses in the NBA, man. Right, no right Mike right. Tony team is going to going to play defense. Justice, I'm sorry, he just never taught it. He's never preached it. If Houston keeps yeah. on the track they're going, um, Mike D'Antoni is subject to be fired midway through the season. They're one and five in the conference. They're zero and one in the division. They're zero and four at home, and they ironically they're three and one on the road. Yeah, and it's just going to be interesting to see. Now I know they've won two in a row, so we'll, we'll see if if those wins against Chicago and Brooklyn will translate against some of the better teams in the league. But what we've seen now is the the bottom feeders of the of the West over the past few years, Sacramento, even the uh, Denver Nuggets who we talked about, Minnesota, these teams are better. And so night in, night out, there, there's a team in the West that will, will give you an opportunity to have a loss if you're Houston, if you don't bring your A game. And I'm, I'm just not sold on them right now. So you, you don't think they make the playoffs? No, I think Houston makes the playoffs. But I, I'm – torn whether or not I can envision them in the Western Conference Finals again against Golden State. Because you see Denver in there, right? That I haven't decided yet. I haven't decided whether I got Denver in there. (laughs) 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 Hold on. I'll take it. If Denver doesn't make the Western Conference Finals, I'm in trouble. (laughs) Hold on, hold on now. We got to go into the West Finals? I mean, come on. All right, yeah, right. I said it. I got I got Denver going to the Western Conference Finals, man. I'm gonna ride them all the way. <laughs> okay, hey, Justice. Yeah, put Denver in the seven game series where Houston. Houston's gonna draw. Ooh, ooh. Hey, I'm I'm taking Denver, man. I'm going with the Nuggets. All right, same, same All right, all right. So basically, Evan's saying they're making no gold Nuggets. Those are chicken Nuggets, man. <laughs> a hundred piece. <laughs> <laughs> that hundred piece from Wendy's. I feel you. But so okay, last qu- uh, you know, cause I want to get to the Grizz too here before we, um, before we finish, man. But okay, out of the teams that are surprising people right now, you know, talking about uh, Sacramento, the Clippers are actually the seventh seed right now, um, you know, things of that nature. Who's for real and who's not? You know, because usually in the beginning of the season you'll have teams that play well and then they drop off to where they really are. You know, do we have some frauds up here? You know, the Grizz, some people say the Grizz might be fraudulent because last season, the Grizzlies had a great start. They beat Houston twice. They beat Golden State. People forget how the beginning of the year went last year with Tyreek Evans and all that, and the Grizz fell off. A lot of that probably had to do with Mike Conley's injury. Uh, and then the Fisdale fiasco with, uh, with Martin Saul. But um, who's for real, who's not? Is there? Do we have some imposters out here? I'd like to think that uh, Sacramento is for real, and and I'll tell you why. Marvin Bagley, who was the number two pick in the draft, is coming off the bench. In his last three games, he's definitely hit double figures in all three. But Bialicha, who's the 6'10 center, is shooting 56% from the field, 53% from the three-point line. He's averaging 15 points and six boards. Under normal circumstances, Marvin Bagley would be starting, but because his ability to stretch the floor – compliments the game of Will Cauley-Stein, who's having a career year. 16 points, eight rebounds, two assists, uh, 
one block for Will Collie Stein. Throw that in with Buddy Hield, who shoots the hell out the ball, and De'Aaron Fox. And you got four guys, four young players who would be with this team for the foreseeable future. De'Aaron Fox is having a career year. He had a triple double um, last week 19 points a game, eight assists. He's one of the better guards in the NBA. I think that Sacramento is for real. Especially Bielitsa. I remember him with Minnesota as a guy that was, uh, you know, come off the bench a little bit. Seems like they found a, a gym in him who's averaging 15 and five. And, uh, and would right you now. believe it that Buddy Yield is averaging 20 points and six rebounds a game? Yeah, man. And then I don't even talk about De'Aaron Fox, you know, who's who's lighting things up. So interesting. <laughs> can, can I say something? Oh, I see. I, I know. I know that voice. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Man, I'm on full imposter alert when it comes to the Sacramento Kings. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that team is not going anywhere, man. One, one thing we need to learn about standings this early, uh-huh. a three seed could be one game, a one and a half game above an eight seed. Two or three games later, that team could be completely out the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the standings are cool right now, but it really doesn't mean anything right now because – the game, the, the games behind are so close in the standings. I mean, Sacramento, they really haven't beaten anybody. I mean, they, they their last few wins have come against Washington, Miami, Orlando, and the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to tell you when Sacramento's going to take a drop within the next two weeks. They lost against Milwaukee today by 30 plus. They're going to lose to the Raptors Wednesday. They have the Kings after that. They have the Lakers, the Spurs, the Grizzlies, and the Rockets, and the Thunder coming up, and the Jazz, and the Warriors after that. I guarantee you, after that Warriors game, this Sacramento team, after Thanksgiving, this Sacramento team will be nowhere near a team that's being considered serious. Nowhere near. That is a brutal schedule. It is. You know, that might just kill a young team's confidence. Uh, right yeah. there, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you something too. I agree with you, Evan, and I'm gonna also add a couple other caveats to that real quick. One, I don't believe in Dave Yeager. Never have, even when he was a Grizzlies coach. Never I will. Just, never will. No, I just don't. Um, and I think you know we're gonna see that as time goes on. Now, two, I'm looking at a picture of De'Aaron Fox. He's got these little beads that little girls have on their hair, you know, on the twist. I'm like, you know, I, I don't know if I can support this. That's <laughs> going on. Is, so, that, is that a bar, barrette? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's the color of the Sacramento Kingdom, little beads that the girls have on the NBA. Look, I'm like, man, you, you're a grown man in the NBA. You can't you can't be doing this. You know, I know you're cold and everything. This is this, this is unbelievable. I, I don't I don't know what to say. So, you know, that may be petty on my end, but I'm I'm just I'm just gonna leave that there. So. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna just leave that there. Now, as we switch gears, unless y'all y'all got something to say on that, Evan, uh, Justice, oh, any a team that I do think is serious yeah. and will be there. We already touched them. Um, Milwaukee Bucks, yeah. eight and one. Hey, that team is ready. Uh, like like we said, I think Justice mentioned them. That top four in the West, in the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, you take out the Warriors, they can go at any top four in the West. Uh, and, and Justice, that was a good point. Uh, Milwaukee is a really good team. Uh, 
just as I think when we did our open NBA talk a couple weeks ago on AM 730, uh, Talk Back Live, I think you hinted that the Milwaukee Bucks will be on a, on the surge this year, and uh, most yeah. definitely you were right. I think that's a team that has surprised uh, the jump out 8-1, and one, but I think they are for real. Milwaukee is for real because of the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, but also mm-hmm. they got some other pieces. They drafted uh, Dante DiVincenzo. He's been able to come right in and get in that rotation. They still okay. got Brooke Lopez, Urson Ilyasova. John Henson comes off the bench. He blocks shots. But what about Chris Milton? He's been shooting the ball exceptionally well this season. He gives you a, a guy at 6'7", 6'8", 230 pounds who can really stretch the floor. Tony Snell is another guy they got that shoots the ball well. Eric Bledsoe and, and Malcolm Brogdon, who was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he, he may have been the rookie of the year last year. Was he not? Uh, a, couple a couple years ago. A couple years ago? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. This year. Last year, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Ben yeah, Simmons. Simmons. But yeah, yeah I, I like, I like them. I like them. I think they're missing something. I'm not sure what it is. The Greek freak, he can't do everything. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have to have some other guys step up. But tonight, you know, he gets 26 points, 15 rebounds, 11 assists in his last game against Boston, which they only lost by four. He had 33, 11. The Greek freak is right there with Kawhi Leonard amongst the best players in the East, and I won't be surprised if he's not. Uh, a top three NBA NBA MVP candidate at the end mm-hmm. of the season. Biggest change for Milwaukee, their biggest move they made was Mike Budenholzer because they needed a coach with the team they had. Um, and I think they finally are playing the right style. I never understood uh, their team last year playing a slow down style with the players that they have. It just didn't make a lot of sense. Um, you know, the, despite the talent now you're seeing, them running better sets. I like Budenholzer as a coach. I think he did a good job in Atlanta. And with the talent he has in Milwaukee, it's just going to be even better. So definitely a, a team to watch uh, as it goes right now. Now, um, I was going to bring up the Grizz, and I still, I still, I, I still am. Uh, but I want to think about these rookies for a quick second, you know, because you're looking at Luka Doncic light up the league. Um, you know, doing some things. Trey Young's looking good. Um, of course, Jaron Jackson's up there as well. How do y'all feel about this rookie class uh, coming in? I'll let um, Evan take that first. Yeah. I think it's really solid. And, and I think we uh, we knew that coming into the NBA draft this year. Honestly. Oh, yeah. um, Luka Doncic, Trey Young, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., um, DeAndre Aiden, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Those guys are beasts. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this is a really uh, deep class, honestly. Um, you have franchise cornerstones in this draft, seriously. And mm-hmm. not every year do you get – and you have multiple. Not every year in every draft do you get that. Um, if you had to ask me who was going to be my rookie of the year, mm-hmm. as of today – I will go Trey Young, and I wasn't a big Trey Young fan coming out of college. Uh, I just thought he shot too much and he didn't take good shots. Uh, but he's averaging 19 and seven assists. But uh, I think the rookie of the year will be DeAndre A. Uh, whenever you got a guy averaging uh, almost 18 points a game and 11 rebounds and no signs of slowing down, if he could keep that up as a rookie, averaging those type of double-doubles, I don't care if his team go – Seven wins this year. You you, you got to give him the rookie of the year because he's just 
he's 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 a grown man out there, man. It's not too many guys in the post who's able to to level up with him. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Now, only thing I don't agree with is who's going to win Rookie of the Year because I personally think it's going to be Luka Doncic. Not mm-hmm. saying maybe it should or shouldn't, but I just think looking at Doncic, man, you know the hype he got coming in. You know, people are like, hey, this is going to be this and that. And with him averaging 19 and four off the bat and really not disappointing. And I like the it's an interesting combination with him and Dennis Smith Jr. Um, with the young backcourt. I'm curious how that's going to go as time goes on, as well as uh, DeAndre Jordan uh, as well. That's that's an interesting team in the future. Uh, but but Justice, uh, what, what do you say? No way Trey Young wins rookie of the year. No way. Uh, that okay. Atlanta team is going to be bad. I think your rookie of the year is either going to be Aiden or Doncic. Somebody who no one is talking about right now who had a solid week. Last week, Wendell Carter Jr., Chicago, 15.7 and a half rebounds, two blocks, one and a half steals. Uh, he is, is an excellent rookie. He played alongside Bagley. In fact, he was more or less in the shadows of Marvin Bagley, but last week he outperformed Bagley. I mentioned Dante DiVincenzo. I think he rounds out – when you look at – the let's talk the top ten rookies. We've already mentioned Doncic, DeAndre Ayton, Wendell Carter Jr., someone I just talked about, uh, Trey Young, Marvin Bagley, Dante DiVincenzo. I think he's right up there. And then you got Colin Sexton, the young bull. Now, there's another guy in Minnesota who quietly is starting that no one is talking about. He played for former Memphis coach Josh Pastner, Josh Okogie. Last week, 10 points, four rebounds, two steals, one assist. He is starting right now. He's benefiting from Jimmy Butler being out, and uh, he's making the most of it. That's a good point, Joseph. Josh Okoge. Yeah, I, did, I didn't mention yeah. Jaron Jackson Jr. He struggled last week, foul trouble. Uh, he only averaged yeah. five points. He's not getting the minutes because he can't stay on the floor. And so that's something he's going to have to adjust to. I know I've heard people say that the team – or the coaching staff isn't putting him in a position to be able to defend. But I just think when you're a young shot blocker and you're not the elite rookie, uh, most marginal calls go against you. And I think that's what's happening to Jaron Jackson Jr. Interesting, interesting, man. And um, this is a good point you brought up about Wendell Carter, too. I, I kind of felt like Wendell Carter would have a more immediate impact than Marvin Bagley right off the bat just because he seemed more pro-ready to me, um, especially with Chicago. I think that's – you know, a lot of a lot of teams, man, with these draft classes, really have some nice young cores to start their team off with. It's really, really a nice young boom in the NBA right now, uh, which is a good thing. Now, to get to the home team, Memphis Grizzlies, five and two, as of right now, as of this recording, um, with the uh, the Phoenix game going on as we speak, uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies, so. Did we expect this right off the bat, guys? Um, are they exceeding expectations early on when it comes to the Grizz? Because a lot of people feel like, okay, it's going to be one of those years where we're still kind of rebuilding. Uh, yeah, we have Mike and Mark, but we're not expected to make the playoffs. I think some people were, were thinking that way initially. Uh, maybe expectations increased a bit when we saw how good Jaron Jackson looks. Uh, but, you know, JB still trying to figure some things out. Um, Justice, uh, what do you think? I think the Grizzlies are so far early on have exceeded expectations. There was no expectation when it came to what impact you were going to get from Garrett Temple in terms of scoring. 
and he, he's really been a, a pleasant surprise early on. Him and Shelvin Mack, along with Kyle Anderson, to me, are the biggest additions to the team. Kyle Anderson, the numbers don't show up in the stat sheets, but his ability to handle the ball, facilitate. Anytime Mike Conley doesn't have to handle the ball, it's a good thing for the Grizzlies because he, he's such a great, a great scorer. And I think having not only Anderson, but also Shelvin Mack, who allows Mike Conley to move over to that shooting guard position. We saw it against Utah in the last game. Shelvin Mack, 19 points, 4 or 5 from the 3. I talk about this all the time. I love a guard with a floater, and Shelvin Mack has it. Uh, some of the Grizzlies' yeah. better point guards have been guys with floaters, uh, especially mm-hmm. on the backups. You remember uh, Grievous Vasquez? He was another guy yep. who would get in the lane and get to that floater. And so, so far, I would say, yes, they've been a surprise. Mark Gasol has been healthy along with Gasol, along with Conley. To be honest, if one of those two guys go down, the Grizzlies are in trouble, still in my mind. But certainly, they've been a surprise. And I got to acknowledge that uh, I got to eat a little crow early on. I did not expect them to go into Utah and, and beat them again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and honestly, me either. Um, but after the first game, I did feel a little more confident with the way they played and matched up well. I do think it helped that Donovan Mitchell didn't play. Uh, I do take that help. Um, but they beat him with they beat them with Donovan Mitchell playing uh, the first matchup as well. So, you know, the Grizz seem to have their number at least early on in the season. You know, and well, in fact, was Utah overrated? Matt, you know, I was about to say maybe. You know, um, what we saw last year. You know, people were so surprised about Donovan Mitchell. I don't think anybody knew to expect that. You know, from them. You know, I don't know if they can repeat what they did. I don't know if it's a lack of scoring. Outside of Donovan Mitchell, or what you know, it's it's very unusual. It's still early, you know, still a lot to lot to kind of shift around there. But I, I guess we'll see. But I'm gonna tell you, with the Grizz, um, I'm looking right now. I mean, as as we speak, Shelvin Mack has ten points, uh, five of six from the field, coming off the bench, uh, two assists, two steals against uh, the Phoenix Suns right now. So it's you know. <laughs> I can't remember the last time we've had a backup point guard be this effective, um, which is so needed when you're talking about Mike Conley and managing his minutes and things of that nature, man. But looking at uh, some of the bench situation, uh, Justice, Wayne Selden, Dylan Brooks, Marshawn Brooks, how do you feel like all that's going to play out? Those guys are starting to get consistent minutes. Mm-hmm. Wayne Selden, so far, even tonight's game, he's hit a couple threes. Marshawn Brooks is starting to get a few minutes. Dylan Brooks is getting minutes. Wayne Selden, those guys are going to need to get the minutes. I think it's really on J.B. Bickerstaff to make sure they get on the floor. Shelvin Mack, it seems like he's going to be a consistent mainstay and will probably get most of the minutes. Uh, I guess you could essentially refer to him as the backup. I actually think that the Grizzlies are better without Jermichael Green. What does that mean for him long term? He's in the mm-hmm. final year of a two-year, $20 million deal. I think that this stretch is early on has shown that he's expendable. Same thing for uh, Chandler Parsons. I think the Grizzlies are better without him playing. I would like to see those guys stay on the, the injured reserve as long as possible. Because I, I do predict <laughs> that you will see the Grizzlies revert back uh, to a worse team when those two guys come back or whether one of them comes back. I don't have a lot of faith in Jermichael Green as a starter. I'd much rather see him coming off the bench for any NBA team, let alone uh, the Grizzlies. So what do you think then? Then, you know, try to trade him or, you know, just stick with um, with Ivan Rabb, who's actually been playing a little bit? 
um, you know, as, as far as a, a second big off the bench. I, I think or, you, you continue to give the minutes to Rab. He's 6'11". The only thing about it, he can rebound. Uh, he gives you a better defender than Green because Green is undersized. And I'm just not a fan of undersized big men. Even at, even at his best, during getting big big minutes, Jermichael Green is, is about uh, nine, ten points a game, seven rebounds. He's a solid, mm-hmm. solid three-point shooter, solid from the field, but he's undersized. And I think you got to have a legit big guy if you want to be a contender in the West. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, so looking at the mainstays, right, we talk about um, Mike Conley, Mark Gasol, and uh, their impact on this year. How, how do you think they've looked um, in this in the early going? Mike Conley and Marcus All are, are the still the heartbeats of the Grizzlies. And Mark, I'd like to see him in the paint more. I really would like to see him in the paint more. Um, mm-hmm. Without without him playing in the paint, what we're seeing is Marcus has shot the three well this season. Conley has been Conley. Mike Conley for the last, I'd say four or five seasons, has been the Grizzlies' best player. Even when uh, Zach Randolph was there, we saw that this was Conley's team. So when you look at those two, Gasol's scoring numbers are down a bit. He's right around 16 and 8. But I think he, mm-hmm. he's comfortable with the fact that he's got better players around him. But his last game against Utah, 17 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. It was a good one. Definitely, definitely, man. So when you look at him, um, how do you feel? Um, should they – be expected to be a playoff team or no? Is that is that for me or, or, or is that for Leon? Leon's in the house. Well, see, yeah, we got Leon in the building. Okay, yeah, Leon's in the building. What's up, man? Man, better, better late than never. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Had to do some things with a uh, little Leon, but I'm here, man. But uh, yes, sir. What you got, we man? Also got... Chris is a playoff team, Leon. Man, to be in, to be honest with you, it's they are an interesting team right now because. I mean, they look like they kind of got some pieces together. And if you look at the other teams in the West, they're kind of like malfunctioning. And we actually thought they was going to be pretty decent. You know, I actually thought Jimmy Butler would be away from Minnesota and they'll probably mm-hmm. be gelling right now and they don't look so hot. I mean, Utah, they don't look like they're going to be what we thought they possibly should be, you know, at least a six seed or a seven seed right now. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, he's battling hamstring issues. And, you know, still early in the season. But right now, I would think that the Grizzlies could literally play they self, play themselves into at least an eight spot or seven seed. You know, it's it's a possibility right now. The West is so, you know, it's it's such, it's such a question mark right now with so many different acquisitions and then possible trades that might happen. You know, Jimmy Butler might go to Houston. You know, you just don't know right now. So, it's a lot of things that can happen right now. But, I mean, right now, just to go ahead and throw a little guess out there, I would say they might get an AC. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Uh, I think we got Evan back with us, man. Um, what do you think, Grizz? Playoff team, or are we are we losing our minds with excitement earlier? No, I don't think they're a playoff team uh, for the simple fact that, uh, as Leon just alluded to, uh, Donovan Mitchell hasn't uh, – been completely, completely healthy uh, within the last couple of weeks. Once he gets back to where he is, and, and and again, as I alluded to earlier, teams are just really starting to find their rhythm because they're so used to getting those eight preseason games. When they cut it short, um, Utah will bounce back. I, I don't think anybody on here think that won't be a playoff team. Houston will bounce back. They're not a playoff team. If you look at the standards today, they will be a playoff team. 
Uh, so it, it kind of knocks out the guys who are going to continue to fall uh, out of the playoffs. Um, I think the Lakers are going to be a playoff team. So you're, you're looking at the Lakers, Houston, and Utah. Uh, those teams will be playoff team. And, and if the season started today, we'll knock out three teams who will be in the playoffs today. So I think the Grizzlies will be one of those teams who will get knocked out. Now, that's not to say that the Grizzlies aren't exceeding expectations right now. But when the expectations are set so low, even when you're doing okay, you're seeing expectations. Uh, I'm not calling the Grizzlies a playoff team because I would have to see them doing this well come All-Star break. I will, I will come on here and eat crow if they're doing well by then, but uh, I, I don't see this team being led by Mike, Mike Marcus All and Mike Conley uh, being a playoff team in the West. Gobble, gobble, so, brother. You're going to eat that croak, man. <laughs> hey, 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 Leon. Hey, <laughs> I, 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 I threw out 150, 200 to Justin last week. I, I do the same on this one. And <laughs> hey, I, I, don't I, just I, I don't know if I took that bet, man. You, I, you I don't see it now. <laughs> I would Jamal love for the Grizzlies <laughs> to be a playoff team. I, I think it's mm-hmm. no better thing for the city. I mean, Bill Street and FedEx Forum is just electric on the playoff night. I would love to see it. But like I say all the time, we come on the radio and podcast, man. We're not coming on as fans. We're coming on and tell the truth. True, true, true. Yeah, that, true I, that. I, I get that. And I, I'm going to tell you, man, I, the only my question is, right, you know, because I like, I like, you know, the things Bickerstaff's trying to do and everything. But you have to ask the question. I know we just got a few more minutes. But you had to ask the question, okay, how sustainable is this? especially in today's NBA. Now, you can see they're clearly, you know, with the, I don't know, either the lack of defense or they're, they're able to score more than they used to. The Grizz have racked up some points in some games as well in the, in the mid-hundreds or whatever. And, you know, but, you know, with this new grit and grind, I guess if you even want to call it that, I don't even think that's what this is. But people are calling it the new grit and grind, whatever. They're top four defense in the league. I saw they're either number two or number one in, in terms of steals, fourth or overall defensive efficiency uh, rating. So, guys, um, how sustainable is this? Um, I guess uh, I'll take it. Justice or uh, whoever want to take it. Yeah, go ahead. Defensively, I think the Grizzlies uh, can keep this up because you, all you have to do is look at the personnel. Marcus Gasol mm-hmm. has always been known as defensive center. Even though he doesn't get off the ground, he still holds his position. Jaron Jackson Jr., he fouls at a high rate, but he's a, he's a shot blocker. He also shots. Kyle Anderson is one of the longest small forwards in the league. And then when you look at Garrett Temple and Mike Conley, both of those guys, uh, Conley's always going to be up there in steals. He's, he's had some difficult matchups against some of the bigger guards in the league, but I think their team is just set up to where you got a bunch of guys who play defense, even Shelvin Mack and some of the guys that come off the bench, Dylan Brooks. Those are defensive-minded guys, Wayne Seldon. They're physical. The Grizzlies still play that old-fashioned style of basketball in terms of they, they can keep their points, uh, keep their opponents under 100 points. Interesting. Leon, what you think? Are you there, or uh, Evan, what you, what you think? Um, <laughs> excuse me. Can they, can they keep it up on defense? Yeah, but – it's, it's going to be hard to keep the efficiency where it is now. Uh, they could still be a really solid defensive team, uh, but holding guys under 100 like they're doing now, 
uh, in, in today's NBA, it's just not going to happen. Um, notably because of how the game is played today, if you basically blow on a player, he, he's going to the free throw line. Uh, this is literally almost becoming a non-contact sport. So I, I think it's going to be hard for the way the Grizzlies want to play uh, for, for them to keep this defensive efficiency up. But I still do think they will be a really solid defensive team. Now, I want to I want to go back on something real quick, Josh. When you asked me, could they be a playoff team? Yeah. I misunderstood your question. You didn't ask me if they will be. You asked me, do I think they can be? Yeah. They possibly can be uh, because of how good they play defense. And right now, if you look at it, Mike Conley is only averaging 20.3 points a game. Is it outrageous for Mike Conley to average 20 a game? No. Marcus is averaging 15 and 8. Is it outrageous for Martha to average 15 and 8? No. Garen Temple is averaging 13 to 14 a game. If he's getting open shots, he can, he can, he can continue to do that. Uh, so is it possible? Yes. I, I just want to throw that out, but I don't think they will. But it's not crazy uh, if you look up and they're being the playoff mix at the end of the year. Like I said, I think those other teams like Houston, Utah, and the Lakers will get it together. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I misunderstood your question, man. They they can definitely sneak in, man. I just don't foresee it. Interesting, interesting. Now, he just right. mentioned a team we have not talked about, the Los mm-hmm. Angeles Lakers. Oh, my God. Man, and the Lakers could be a show on their own. Um, no question, but, you know, um, mm-hmm. but I'm going to just throw this out there. Um, in, in the, just just uh, myself, at least, just had a few more minutes. But with the Lakers, right, you already got Magic Johnson out here telling Luke, hey, Luke, you know, you already know. You know, you got to get it together, you know, or else you're out of here, basically. Uh, pushing up on Luke a little bit. You got LeBron saying, okay, yo, you won't like me when I'm angry. And all this, this little LeBron type stuff he likes to do. So, all that being said, you know, the Lakers got a nice young team. You know, Ingram, Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, guys like that, trying to figure out the rotations. Um I'm gonna start with uh, I'm gonna start with Leon because I know uh, you have an affinity for the Lakers. Um, what, what what do you think, man, about that situation? Well, I mean, you look at LeBron's track record; he owns the coach. <laughs> so <laughs> this is one of those situations where you know Luke Walton, great basketball mind, but. You know, you're dealing with a different monster right now. You know, you're dealing with somebody who's a control freak. Let's be honest. I mean, you know, we 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 trying to be realists, not fans. And I'm a guy that's, you know, diehard Laker fan since, you know, Magic Johnson. So I, I, I used to hate LeBron back in the day, you know, because I was Kobe. So mm-hmm. watching how he runs a team, it just – you can pretty much tell that he's already fed up. Now, who – do you replace Luke with is the question. I say you ride it out because it's way too soon to jump ship and try to get somebody else. So, I mean, it's it's crazy right now. Interesting. Evan, man, what you got? Well, I think that um, the team will figure it out. Uh, they just made an acquisition that I do like uh, in Tyson Chandler. Um, yeah. So, I, I think they'll get it figured out. Luke Walton isn't a Phil Jackson or uh, a Red Arbach or, or nothing like that, but he would have to get it done for the rest of the season. Now, Leon, I agree with you that it's too early, but 
the Lakers, they fired coaches early in the season before. Um, it was Mike Brown who, if I'm not mistaken, they fired like, was it eight or nine guys to the season a few years back? Uh, so they're, they're not foreign to getting rid of coaches early in the season. But I do think this team is going to turn its high soon. If you look at LeBron's track record, that team's going to be in the playoffs. Brandon Ingram is a nice young talent. His his supporting cast is better than what he had at Cleveland last year. It's just a matter of time of figuring it out. Uh, I understand they're in the West. That's a tougher conference. But I, I expect this team to be in the playoffs, probably not as high as I expected them to be earlier this year. I think I had them as a three-seed out the West. But they'll definitely be a top eight seed. I think Luke will finish the season, like Leon said. I, I think he'll finish it out. And I'm not sure if he'll be back next year, but I think this will still be a playoff team in LA. Let me let me come back on that too on that subject. Uh just because I'm a big fan of this of this organization. Now, one thing about it is this year we will make the playoffs, but the whole concept was not to really just be a championship team. It, you know, this is where Hey, we plugged in with the main piece, and that's LeBron. But next year is when everything is truly going to unfold. Now, the real question is going to be which players are going to be around. The coach, I think Luke is going to have a little bit better leash than previous coaches with LeBron. Because, for one, that last name, Walton, has a little bit of weight to it compared to previous coaches. So you're not just going to get him out of there just so soon. And, his, I mean, his track record, I mean, he's won – when he was with Golden State. So you had to give him a little bit of time. And he actually wants to run the offense that LeBron wants to run. It's just he doesn't have enough shooters around him. And mm-hmm. Luke un- understands it. I think they're going to make some more moves. And I- I'm interested to see, do they get Kawhi? I mean, Kawhi looks like he's happy in Toronto. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. KD, man, if they get KD – I'd be shocked, but at the same time, the way how the buddy system is in the NBA, anything yeah. is possible. Look, if they get KD, I'm angry. I don't, <laughs> I don't even want to see that. You hey, know, hey, like, hey. <laughs> They're going to get Anthony Davis. Well, Man, they've not... been winning, though, so it's kind of hard to see them get Anthony. They're going to get AD, man. All I know, either move would make me angry. Uh, to see to see that go down. That's just well, me. you're gonna get mad, my brother, because we gotta get a key player, you know, because that's that's bound to happen. Who is the question? You know, yeah. I just can't see nobody really just turning down LA now. But certain players they do want to be leaders, like Leonard. He's a guy you can see that just doesn't want to be on the super team. He, I think, he looks like he's comfortable in Toronto. The fan base has really been reaching out to him, so. It's going to be interesting. Very much so. And I'm going to tell you, with this current team, I just think, you know, they get the rotation down. This team will be good, really. Um, you know, I think Stevenson needs to play more. I agree. I think Josh, Josh Hart, make sure he stays in the starting lineup. Josh Hart, so I think you talk about a shooter and a guy that does the little things pretty well. And personally, I think they need to uh, have Ingram come off the bench. I know he doesn't want to. And let Kyle Kuzma start. And then right there, you have better shooting around LeBron in the starting lineup and possibly to close games. Even though I know it's tough to not have Ingram out there closing right. the game. So, you know, they'll probably be upset, you know, so. All right, fellas, it'll, I, it'll I got tough. something for you. All right, since I'm here in L.A. land, I can tell All you right. that, number one, I want you guys to try to read between the lines. In the offseason, Magic and LeBron both said, hey, our expectations are low. 
we we want to make the playoffs, but they didn't set those championship expectations. But now here we are, nine games into the season, we're starting to hear that Luke Walton's on the hot seat. I think this that was a setup, and this was the plan all from the jump. If you notice, LeBron's hand-picked coach in Cleveland, Tyron Lue, is no longer coaching in Cleveland. Also, Magic was another guy who had once coached with the Lakers and was fired short into his tenure. Now, will he come back and coach the Lakers? Probably not. Will Ty Lue end up in L.A.? Who knows? But I, I don't feel mm. I don't feel real confident in Luke Walton. I, I don't think that, that that he's LeBron's guy. And and I will be yeah. shocked if he's coaching that team, maybe not through this season, but certainly next season. I don't think he's the LeBron pick long term. Now, real quick, Ty Lue, the same Ty Lue that needed to take a week off because he was so stressed coaching LeBron. <laughs> you know, look, I, I like this. Now, I don't think Ty Lue want anything to do with anybody. At least not right now, you know. Hey, John. Hey, Josh. Yeah. Hey, when Ty Lue got fired, man, LeBron did put on a post, man. You know how to find me. You know how to reach me. Yeah. Hey. He did. I'm telling hey. you, that dude, he is great at using social media to indirectly put out what he wants. Oh, that's all he does. He's a he's an he's indirect a master, you know. Yeah. So I mean, just as he he ain't way off with that one. The um. Excuse me, Josh. He, mm-hmm. he he's not reaching far out on that one, man. I, I didn't really think about that, man, until you said that it hit me. I said he did throw out a little subliminal can, message out there a little bit on there. So can you I, imagine? I, I, can you imagine? Because we we'll have to go there in a second here. But can y'all imagine the man that got stepped over by AI in the finals, <laughs> coaching that very same Lakers team? You know what I'm saying? He would have to bring back the cornrows he had, and you know. Um, in those finals, you know, if he was going to coach him, man, that, that that would be that would be very apropos, uh, so to speak. The Lakers are lucky; their next four games are relatively easy. Other than Toronto, they got Atlanta in there. Um, mm-hmm. They sh- they should win three out of their next four. Sacramento, I think they got to travel to Sacramento. That's just like a two, <laughs> in fact, like a forty-five minute flight. And they got a Minnesota exactly. team who is trick or treat. And Derrick Rose, he had that 50-point game, but he comes back, he gets injured. And they're probably going to take a loss to the Lakers as well. So don't be surprised if the Lakers don't go 3-1 and one over that next four stretch. But when they play the tougher teams in the Western Conference, and we've seen this with LeBron's new teams each time he, he goes to a new team, usually they struggle in that first year. This Lakers team just so happens to be loaded with more talent from top to bottom, maybe not necessarily superstars, but I think when you look at Lonzo Ball, who's – been up and down, Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram. Those guys can really go. And then Josh Hart, he's probably the guy I think they need to put in the starting lineup. Definitely. Keep him in there. Rondo's been playing well as of late, but Josh Hart, he's got to be a starter for that team to be good. LeBron needs a shooter next to him, and Josh Hart is that guy, and he's tough. He's got that toughness. Yeah. I think they got to put I like him Josh there. Hart. He hey, 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 Josh, if you don't mind, can I ask something that real quick? I, I'll yeah. be done. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Hey, Justice, um, I think they got a chance to go four and zero because Kawhi is not playing tonight uh, with the Raptors. But one one of the reasons why I think we're kind of disagreeing on this, one of the reasons I believe the Lakers are going to turn it around is because how good his teams are in the first year. I mean, if you look when he went to Miami, the first year they got to the NBA Finals, when he got back to Cleveland, the first year they got to the NBA Finals. I mean that that he he doesn't take L's in his first year. 
Well, somehow what LeBron one... does, it seems like he turns it on in the playoffs. It's almost like they coast through the first few weeks of the season or maybe the first couple months of the season. But you're right. They have been making it to the, to the NBA Finals each of those years. Well, e- even there, none of his teams, um, when he gets in the first year, uh, in his last two stops, have finished outside the top two. Those got that team, man, is going to turn it around because of their young nucleus. Mm-hmm. And, and and to me, you guys hitting on the money. Josh Clark has standing the starting line. That kid is a playmaker, man. But I, I just wanted to throw that out, man. Kawhi is going to be out tonight. Mm-hmm. If they could go four and zero on this road trip. I mean, on this road trip in this four game stretch. Watch out, man. They could take off real quick. Well, that's going to save Luke, Luke Walton's job. His, his job got saved by the schedule. Well, maybe. But I'm going to tell you all this, and this may sound even crazier, right? I think if everything goes right, the Lakers match up better with the Warriors than Cleveland did last year. But they still ain't beating the Warriors at all. In the Western Conference Finals, Finals, or anything else, they they don't have a chance. It'll, not this year against the Warriors, but I do think they match up better than LeBron's Cleveland team last year. Is that fair to say? I think that's really uh, fair to say because you have that length with Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma. You got that versatility, yeah. more shooting. The 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 yeah. modern day rim runner. The center in the NBA, the seven foot that jumps out of the gym, all those guys are thriving. We've seen Clint Capella do it at Houston. We've seen uh, other guys do it, and now JaVel McGee is doing that in LA. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think the other guy I was going to mention was Will Colley Stein in Sacramento. But JaVel McGee is having a career year. I know he had a, uh, 12 goals in his mouth last night in the game. I've never seen that in the NBA. But uh, <laughs> he, he's having a, a career year right now with the Lakers, and I think he's got to thank LeBron for that. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And well, that's going to do it in this outstanding uh, NBA uh, podcast edition of uh, Deliberation Sports Podcast. Um, Leon, I know you came in late, but I appreciate you bringing, some, bringing the heat with the time you came in, bro. And um, any last comments you got, man? Oh, man. Tuesday, we kick it off with Tennessee Tech. You know, Memphis Tigers, it's going to be a good show. You know, we got a former local area player, Garrett Goldie, coming in town from Arlington High School, 6'6 Bruiser. I think he's going to give the Tigers a little, little effort down low. You know, it was a good game this past uh, Friday. So, I'm interested to see what goes on with Tennessee Tech as we get ready to cap it off with LSU. So, it's going to be some good things to come this week. Once again, follow Deliberation Sports Podcast on all social medias. Twitter, IG, everything else is out there. Facebook, Deliberation Sports Podcast as well. Twitter, Deliberation SP1. Instagram, IG at Deliberation Sports. And you can check out everything about the show. Right. This is for the Deliberation Sports Podcast. I'm Josh here with Justice, Evan, and Leon. And we will be back with you.